Earthbed Muscle is a grassroots supplement company created by some of the best strength coaches in the United States to provide their athletes with wholesome supplements. Earthbed Muscle has changed the supplement industry with their minimal ingredient approach to sports nutrition. Dane's platform is also brought to you by the Acceleration Diet. The Acceleration Diet is a customized weight loss program catered to each individual, their needs, and their schedule. Accelerate your metabolism today with the Acceleration Diet. Finally, Dane's platform is also brought to you by Holistic Encapsulations. Holistic Encapsulations provides organic hemp extract with an incredible 27 to 1 CBD ratio. Loaded with CBDs, hemp extract has been shown to decrease anxiety, have a positive impact on cancer, improve sleep, improve brain function, and decrease inflammation. Head over to HolisticEncapsulations.com today and get on the path to holistic recovery. Alright, so we're here for another podcast of Dane's Platform. We're here with Nick Wisdowski, an Earthfed Muscle sponsored athlete. So we're thankful that Earthfed Muscle sponsors this great, great podcast. Nick, thanks for being on. Dane, thanks for having me. So I'm going to introduce you as a what four-time All-American, two-time NCAA champion, a world bronze medalist. How many times did you win a New York State title? Uh, I won states twice. Okay, so... Nick's got a quite an impressive uh, resume, and he's also what I would argue participated um, in quite possibly the greatest NCAA final match for wrestling in the history of the NCAA, possibly. So, um, if anybody's ever seen that, it's Nick versus Kyle Snyder, where they went into overtime, and Kyle was a uh, uh, the world champion at this time and a couple months later he won the Olympics and sadly Nick lost in overtime but I still think that that match is one of the best matches ever in the NCAA um, so Nick I don't know if that brings up bad emotions but I, I, um, I love that match nah it doesn't actually every time I, I saw like three people last night at the dual meet and they are like oh yeah I was rooting for you I was like ah cool you know it's, that's awesome I appreciate it but uh not bad memories. It just, you know, I, I don't think my, um, I don't think my life would be that much different if I won. Right. Um, yeah. Maybe a little bit different, but it uh, happened for a reason, I'm sure. Yeah, that's something I want to go into a little bit later. But right now, I think I've got questions just because. I want to know, like, what do you think was was different for you growing up? Especially because wrestling is one of those sports where I feel like parents are are pretty crazy. They're pretty intense. They they pressure their kids a lot to do it, even if their kids don't want to do it. And a lot of times, it's not fun for the kids, and they just you know, are miserable getting into practice. And and they end up hating their parents or their dads after they're twelve or thirteen years old. They quit the sport and they're done. And and what I've noticed with you is that you progressed, you know, all the way up through high school. You did well. You, what did you get, eighth place as a freshman at yeah. NCAAs? Yeah. And then you continued to progress. You had, at the at the time in the heavyweight division, a huge upset when you beat um, Tony, what's that dude's last name? Nelson. Yeah, Tony Nelson from Minnesota, which was a huge upset at the time. Not Maybe not huge, but a, a big upset. He was a two-time NCAA champion. And... From my perspective and knowing you and working with you on a regular basis, I've, I've just have this, you know, vision of you where you constantly want to progress, you really enjoy the sport, and you really 
are student of the game and you're you know you haven't suffered any of these burnout for um side effects that a lot of people a lot of wrestlers do get as they age mainly because of the pressure and and the intensity of the sport and any unnecessary things from the outside world and i guess that's my first question is like walk us through you know what did you do growing up what sports did you play growing up and and how did your parents foster such a positive situation for you to continue to progress in this sport um that's an interesting question i i was never like um you know really push hard in this sport like i, I um a lot of like my parents just kind of went along with what i wanted to do um they were really important in, in bringing me where i wanted to go uh in terms of just to practice and to local competitions and that type of thing it's not like they were we got to go here we got to go there we got to do this um a lot of it was my own my own you know desire my own uh interest in the sport so i think that played a big role of it um my parents know nothing about wrestling now they do but when i started they, they knew very little it's not like they were athletes themselves or um uh wrestlers so they you know knew moves and stuff like that so at what point do you think that you decided as a as an athlete that you did want to be a wrestler and you did want to be a, a champion you wanted to go out you wanted to win the new york state title and then you wanted to take that and roll that into the ncaa division at what you know what age did you realize like this this sports for you um it's kind of it's an interesting question because i i different from a lot of people my my career kind of i i built it on like um like step after step so when i first started wrestling in in uh like modified or uh eighth grade i went up to varsity and then it was like i want to win the sectionals like i see guys on my team win sectionals right it's this big tournament and i was like i want to win this that would look so cool and you get to go to states and i had no idea how good like guys at states are or anything like you know i've i've lost the guys that won the section pretty bad so um then once i won sectionals i was like oh, i want to you know i want to place and win at states and then after i did that my junior year is like oh it, it really wasn't that big of a deal like you're waiting for something huge to happen and you get your hand raised in front of 10,000 people and you're like oh that was awesome and no that's it oh <laughs> well let's try it again next year and then okay. um my senior year, I just, I did really well. I pinned everybody before the third period and um, just kind of, you know, then it went into college. I was like, I didn't really know how good you had to be to be a NCAA champion, um, you know, but my coaches then, Pat and Frank Beasley, always, you know, spoke to me like I can do it. Like, I, like I was good enough to do it. I was like, dude, I, I got my butt kicked by 15 points. Like, there's no way. Um, but I just, I just progressed and I just kept working. I didn't get frustrated too much. Um, and then, you know, once I all American is like, I might be able to win this nationals. And then, uh, and then once I win the nationals, it's like, you know, you win it again and then you lose. And then, you, you know, like last year sitting and watching it from the stands, I was like, this thing is freaking tough. Like this is three days. You got five matches to win. But like these are guys that I thought were good this year, 
then losing matches and overtimes. I'm like, damn, I, I guess what I did was pretty dang tough. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I never like, it's not like when I first started, I was like, I want to be an Olympic champion. Right. It just, it just kind of, you know, built step after step. Um, so now I want it to be though, but right. Yeah. Yeah. What, you know, what age were you when you started wrestling and were you playing any other sports at that time? Um, I started wrestling around like first grade. Okay. Um, and that was just in the, the local youth program, like, um, probably December to February. Right. Um, I had a couple friends that were in it. I enjoyed it. Um, I also probably played little league at that time, little league baseball. I think that was my only two sports. I, I got into some swimming and like later in elementary school. Um, but I liked wrestling the most. Um, and then I kind of went probably six months of the year when I, when I got into like sixth, seventh grade. And then, um, like eighth grade, it was, it was eight months of the year and then four months in high school. Okay. So by the time you're in high school, you were pretty much training full time. Yeah. Yep. And then. Starting my my sophomore year, my junior year, I started uh, strength training too, once or twice okay. a week. At what point were you were you always like the the big dude, the heavyweight, or did you sort of progress through the through the weight classes until you got up to the to the big class? Um, I progressed through the upper middle weights, I should say. Um, I started at um, my eighth grade year. I was 152 pounds. My s freshman year, I was 160. Uh, sophomore year, I was 189, and then I spent my last few years at 215. Oh, you're so, at 215. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think I I probably learned a lot of my skills in terms of shooting and um, action wrestling um, when I was you know 152, 160, and then as I got bigger. I I kept doing those moves and I probably failed at them a lot, but I I figured out ways to make them work. Right. Which I continued to do in, in college and continue to um, have success with them and get better at them. Yeah, I think that that's that's one thing when when you watch that Tony Nelson match is that at the time you were the number two seed and and he was you know returning NCAA champion two times over. Um, in that match, though, like you know, he was like the traditional heavyweight, sort of lumbering around, and and with you it was like constantly applying that pressure, constant, constantly applying the offensive attack, and that's one thing that I think that you've sort of changed in the heavyweight division is just that it's not, it's no longer like the two grizzly bears just hugging each other. Now it's these big dudes applying moves, setting things up, and actually wrestling like the lighter guys. And that's something that I think most wrestling fans can't appreciate. Um, it's definitely I a trend going that way. Level, what, you know, what, do you, what did you notice, or what did you, how did you change that? How did you change that, like going out in a match like, like Tony Nelson? I guess that's where, you know, walk us through that step-by-step that, step that, you, that you took where you went from an All-American to – you're going into that match, and he's a two-time NCAA champion. Um, you're the underdog. Your team's in, a, in an important role position where I think they needed you to win to get what was a top ten or something. 
uh, top 20, and, and uh, Penn State needed me to win. Okay, so so walk us, you know, walk us through that match and the pressure and and the stress that you're feeling, and then you know, walk us through how how you handle that mentally, getting in in front of that you know the big huge crowd at NCAA's and yeah. and finishing off that tough tournament. Um, I think probably my biggest development going into that year was not changing how I wrestle, but making it more efficient. So. I didn't get stopped on so many shots and 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 out muscled and stuff. So um, when I came to NC State, my redshirt year, I definitely matured a lot physically, but also I put on some size and I I I lifted more weights. Um, we had a we had a good strength program here. We still do, and and that made a big difference in my in my strength and conditioning to keep up the way I wrestled, but just to be able to do it to bigger guys for a longer amount of time. Um, so that definitely made a big difference and, um, there, there wasn't that year, there were, there were some good guys in the weight class. I just, I think I, I knew I could beat them all. And Nelson was the only guy that, that has beaten me in folk style. I beat him in freestyle before, but I just haven't, uh, just didn't beat him in, in folk style. Um, so, um, before the matches, just kind of, I always get nervous a little bit, or excited, or anxious, whatever. Um, but as soon as the match starts, it's just like, it's just go. You don't have time to think about your feelings. Um, you know, so you just you just keep going, go go go, and then eventually it's going to be over. I I think that's that's my other question. So so my perspective is okay. You you, you wrestle like a lighter you know middle upper weight class um, you know like in college a one seventy four one eighty four pounder. That's how to me that's how you wrestle. But you added this strength, you added this explosiveness, and you brought it into the heavyweight division. You know walk us through in a match, especially like let, let's just use that match against Tony. Are you even thinking about what you're doing, or is it all reaction based? Is it all you know from period to period? Are you thinking like, okay, he can't handle this when I tie up with him, or he's not handling, you know, when I take a shot on um, this leg? Like he, there's there's some things there's some things I'll notice early on in a match where I make a, a slight movement, a slight a faint, a slight fake, you know, certain do something with my hands and just see how someone reacts to him and be like, oh, well, if I try that a lot harder. And move a lot more after that. We may be looking at a score. Um, I, I can start with a little bit of movement just to kind of gauge how a guy will react to something, or if they don't react to something, but, all right. Well, either I need to try it with more intensity or go to something else. Um, but that, that was something I saw early on in the match. I forget what happened. It's been a while since I watched it, but I did like a slight fake, and and uh, and he really bit on it, and I was like. Damn, if I do that a lot harder, like I can get to his legs and not just get to his legs. I know I could get to his legs, but it's like I need to get through them legs fast. Right. Because he'll he's really good defensive wrestler. Um, so those type of things and and you know before the match, I just knew like if I shoot, I gotta move, gotta move. So does Kale Sanderson ever thank you for winning that winning that match when you go up to um, train at Nittany Lion Wrestling Club? We used to joke about it a little bit. Um, yeah. a couple years ago, but yeah. All right. So the following year you beat what, who was it? Adam Kuhn. Yep. Okay. And he's, you know, a very 
as far as I know, he's a pretty strong international wrestler as well, and he's good on his feet and pretty solid wrestler. He's a large have, human. Yeah, he's he's huge. Um, yeah. Now walk us through your senior year. You're pretty much. I feel like you steamrolled everybody your entire senior year. Um, you know, Snyder's coming off that that world championship win through that whole season knowing that you're most likely going to have to wrestle him in the NCAA finals. What was that like? Like that whole year, did, were you just preparing for that match or were you taking each match, you know, step by step, like you said earlier, or were you sitting there going, I know I can handle everybody. Kyle, somebody, you know, you've worked with at the OTC and, and maybe in the off season, but how did you prepare for that match heading into that, you know, your last career match as, as um, a Wolfpack? I spent a lot of time preparing for it. Um, one of those things, you know, like in all sports, if you prepare for the best guy, then then the, the rest of them will fall into place. Um, not like I overlook people, but my my focus and a lot of the things I was doing and, and the focus I brought to practice um, kind of went around that. And um, that, it actually made me a lot better wrestler. I think my... The way as I push myself and and the levels I've gotten to, um, you know, I, I think it definitely came from that because like if I keep doing what I'm doing, yeah, I could beat the guy that takes third, fourth, and fifth, but I'm gonna need it myself to get to another gear to, to win this. Right. Um, so you know, I, I definitely push myself. Did I come short? Yeah, but I think I made a lot of gains in terms of what I can what I can do and, and the levels I, I can push myself through and, and keep moving like that. Um, yeah, I, th I think it was good. It was, you know, it's just something else you learn about yourself and, um, you know, that, 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 that type of thing. Uh, yeah, that's, that's like sort of leads into my next question is if we walk through that match with Snyder, you, know, you guys had a pretty good first period you were in the lead at the end of the second. I mean, you were in the lead all the way up with uh, about a minute left in the match. And as that last, you know, last minute of the third period is rolling down and he ties it up and you guys go into overtime, what, you know, what's rolling through your head at that point? And, and what are you thinking to still work forward and win the NCAA title and be, be the world champion? You know, what, what are you thinking going into that overtime? Damn, I can't get taken down. <laughs> um, no, a lot of it was... Um, um, throughout the whole match, was we just like knew if we had a lead, we just couldn't sit down. We just got to keep wrestling because his, his pace is just going to keep, you know, stay the same or get higher. So it's not like he's going to slow down and, and I couldn't... I knew I wouldn't be able to score two points and be able to hang on. There's going to be more than two points scored or three points scored. So I just need to keep wrestling, matching positions, getting my own positions, looking to score the entire time. So um, people are like, oh, why didn't you run away? Why didn't you do this? Because that's, that's not what we plan to do. That's not how I train. So I'm not going to start to do something, run away, and get you know caught with something late in the match or get hit with a stall call and have to wrestle a little differently than I intended. So... Um, that was kind of it going in, you know, we, we knew like, we're not gonna, you know, try to sit down and, and hold the lead cause it, it'd be too tough to do. And, um, 
kind of unrealistic. When you're wrestling a good wrestler like that, a world-class guy, you're not going to, you know, score two points and, and hang out for six and a half minutes. Like score right. three points and, and hang out like that. Especially, you know, with, with his pace and with what... Um, with with officials installing and stuff like that, so I think I I executed a pretty good game plan. I just got a little tired at the end, I guess, and got hit with a double leg, a, a low single to a double leg, and landed on my butt. So you know, coming off of that match, and in, in my mind, yeah, it's a loss, but you just narrowly lost to a world champion. Um, and is that something that sort of gave you confidence in in wrestling? Is that something that sort of struck you like, okay, I can, you know, I, I just lost to this guy. Yeah, it was in folk style, but I lost to him in overtime. He's the best in the world in his weight class. I can make this transition positively. Like, what, you know, what did you learn from that loss that? Had, that you you that you use moving into your first year in the international style, and then um, that you you're still using now. Like, um, I think before then, I, I knew I could transition into the international style well um, from wrestling at U.S. Open and a couple world team trials, and um, but then I had one or two international tournaments. I think I won one Spain and I won uh, the Bill Farrell. So I knew I could transition well there. Um, I think probably the biggest thing I learned as I look back on it is probably just the the lack of room for errors. Like you know, that's that's the best guy in the world, and I I, I made errors, and he took me down. Right. Um, so the the really the the small room for errors and how big a little error can be, um, which I still think about now, and I, I still you know take into account when I'm learning new techniques and training. Right. That makes sense. All right. So your first year internationally, what did you think about, like, what was your take on your first year out of college in the international style? Um, kind of like what I just said is you got to have a, you got to know what you want to do before you go out there. Um, Cause the guys in the world are really good. They're, they're fast, they're explosive. Um, they're smart wrestlers. The, the rule set's a little different, but you adjust to it and you, you know what to expect. Um, so yeah, I, I took some lumps and I, I had to learn what, um, not, I shouldn't say learn. I just had to really break down what I wanted to do every match and, and, um, and how I wanted to go about it. So um, kind of having that set in place and, and from whistle to whistle wrestling the entire time and wrestling in good positions, wrestling at a good level, um, staying out of dangerous things where I'm I'm not thinking about what I'm doing in right. terms of like leaning on a guy or getting in positions where I'm not good at or stop wrestling in some positions where in this game, you know, I've learned lessons last year. You lose matches by screwing up in three seconds. So... Right. Um, those type of things. So, a question I have that I always sort of argue with everybody about is, do you feel, and this is not really as much to do with your career, but more just wrestling in the United States in general, do you feel like Americans are, are 
at somewhat of a disadvantage by not wrestling freestyle from a younger age? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say disadvantage. I don't like to, I don't like to use the word disadvantage because then like you think you're going in with a handicap. Um, I think, I think we just learn things a little bit differently. Um, I think we learn different positions with different emphasis on them and stuff like that than foreign countries. And that may make a little bit of a difference. Um, and they may learn different moves at a younger age. Like, so I've been doing a single leg for 20 years. Maybe he's been doing an arm throw for 20 years. Um, okay. So I, I think some things like that, but I, I don't, I don't like to think of it as a disadvantage. I never like to think like, Oh, we're at a disadvantage. Those type of things. Would you recommend kids, you know, dabbling with freestyle at an earlier age? Or would you, would you just say, you know, because, uh, the NCAA has scholarship money and they can further education, you know, just stick with the folk style. Um, that's an interesting question. I, I think the, in terms of learning wrestling skills and good fundamental wrestling and position wise and discipline wise, body discipline, I think the, the freestyle offers a good, a good base for that. Um, but also, you know, the, the scholarship stuff. But that stuff will, you know, if you're a good wrestler in freestyle, coaches will see that and, and know how they could translate that. Or, you know, if you're a good wrestler in folk style, you know, you, you have attributes beyond wrestling in terms of your training, your mentality, your attitude that, that will carry you on to success in, in opposing styles, that type of thing. So Yeah. All right, so... A couple things I wanted to go over now is after that first year in the with the international style, um, you spend a bunch of time training down in Raleigh, a bunch of time at the OTC. And when you're at the OTC, who are you? Who are you generally working with when you're out there? Uh, man, that's the whole that's the whole national team. That's the national team and other guys. Um, most of my time out there was spent with uh bill zadick running practice or before him uh bruce burnett so a lot of really really technical minds and, and that's kind of what we spend a lot of time doing out there. there's a lot of a lot of technique breakdown and positional wrestling and how to do the right things not how to do them but you know the the right things to do um So, so that's a that's a big part, and then you kind of bring those back to your your regional training centers and your training centers, and and work on those those type of things. So, I spend time working with guys from anywhere at ninety seven kilos to heavyweights to to a lot of different coaches that are in the room. Yeah, so that 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 sort of leads to the next the next issue, not issue, but you know, you travel, you, you down in Raleigh working with some solid guys down there. And then you also do travel up to state college to work with, uh, Kale Sanderson and, and Jake Varner. And what, you know, I, I think that that's a pretty unique perspective where you can get two Olympic champions with Sanderson and Varner. And then you sort of bounce back and forth between Raleigh 
working with uh, I'm assuming you're working with Pat while you're down in Raleigh um I spent a lot of my time working with uh with Frank Beasley okay and now um Obi Bach okay um okay. I earlier in my career I spent more time with Pat but as as I got older and uh, roles kind of changed in terms of my wrestling and and his job um expectations you just you know you do things differently so right so what would you say, like guys like Varner and Sanderson, how did they help prepare you for, you know, this past year's world championships? Did they help technically? Did they help with the mental prep and everything on the side that sort of goes with that international competition? Um, I think a lot of my, hmm, what, what I gain a lot from is, is working on something somewhere and then working under, you know, I shouldn't say working under different coaches, kind of doing things with different coaches and, and, you know, them critique some things and um, have some things that maybe were working with me one time and then I get with some different guys and it just ain't working. You know, it's just not it. So um, that stuff, I think, definitely makes a big difference. Like, I, I learned that with um with some things i was doing early last year and then working with coach cunningham uh up at penn state too that made a huge difference and then he put me on to some things that you know i brought back to raleigh and it's just like it was tough to do it was difficult positions i was struggling in i just kept at him kept at him and then i started working i started getting the legs and then finishing and then those type of things so I, I i take a i take bits and pieces from a lot of different people and uh, put them all together. Um, I try to stay open-minded with things, but now as I get older, I, I understand um, where where I am a lot of times in matches and what I need to do to score points and stuff like that. So, and popular positions, positions that are seen often in, at the at the world. So I try to add things there and, and recognize positions and do the right things now. Um, but I'm I'm still always learn and different positions and, and those type of things right I just think I'll, I'll share this experience that I did have with you where you know I went up and picked you up at State College to bring you back down uh, for some training here at Garage Strength and one one thing I remember meeting Sanderson and talking to him a little bit about you he sort of he was like can you get this stronger and he pointed at your head and I think, I don't, I mean, I don't know what you think, but from the outside perspective, you know, leading into this year's world championships, you had, you had suffered some lumps in that first year of international style wrestling, but then heading into the world champs, I did feel like you had gained that mental strength as far as gaining confidence that you'd had pretty much from improving the way you were handling the room and analyzing wrestling more from, I guess an analytical perspective and knowing what you had to hit, you know, what positions you had to hit. And I just, from my perspective, I do think, you know, physically you got stronger, obviously, but also mentally going into that tournament, I think you knew you were capable of going, you know, top three. Um, I don't know if you have anything to say on that. Um, I think the, I think the mental, the mental side of it's a lot um, because you, you have to, you have to keep your mind sharp um, in matches after good things and bad things. 
you know, so something good happens, awesome. But, you know, you got to keep resting. Something bad happens, you got to forget it and get the next point, um, which is kind of something I, I've I've learned a lot this past year. Um, but but I, I think in terms of what you said with the World Championships, there's a lot of unknowns. Um, there, there was a, like, being it was my first one, and it, there was only a handful of guys that I've wrestled before. Um, maybe actually three or four guys. So there's a lot of guys I never wrestled before. So it was like, you know, they never wrestled me. I've never wrestled them. You know, you know, you never know what happens at the world championships. And uh, I felt I was phenomenally prepared. I, that was the best I think I've ever felt in my entire life. Um, so that's a, a testament to my coaches and, and my training and everything like that. So, yeah. So walk us, walk us through just a, a normal day of your life and training. Um, all right. Um, so normal day, this is pretty, pretty normal wherever I'm at, whether I'm at, um, in Raleigh or up in state college, actually, I spend most of my time in Raleigh, but occasionally I get up to state college. Um, but my, my normal training really is I try to wake up around 7am. Uh, I try to actually inch it back slowly. Um, I like to wake up earlier so I get more time to sit and relax in the morning before I go train. But normally I wake up around seven, um, have my cup of coffee with my um, earth-fed gelatin and I'll have fruit and <laughs> uh, fruit and plain yogurt. And I'll just kind of sit here and, and listen to music, kind of scroll through social media, watch some news clips, get caught up. Um, and then I'll, I'll you know get dressed and go work out around uh around 8 to 8 15 8 20 ish depends when i get out the door what traffic's like um and that'll vary whether i'm lifting that morning or, or getting on the mat for a, a drill uh come back around 9 45 10 15. um that's kind of when i eat my bigger breakfast uh usually it's eggs and vegetables or lately i've been on oatmeal um uh, so that and then, oh, if then if I if I lift, I'm probably having a you know protein shake afterwards, of course. Um, and that's probably around ten thirty. I mean ten forty five, and then just kind of hang out here, do things around the house. If I got errands, I'll go run errands and um, that type of thing, and then go back for twelve thirty for a one o'clock practice. Uh, one o'clock practice usually getting done around two thirty, three o'clock. Um, sometimes I'll watch some of the college practice after, or otherwise I'll just get showered up and head home. Uh, usually by then I'm pretty tired, so I'll sit on the couch and, you know, lay there for an hour or two and, um, think about dinner and go eat dinner. And, um, uh, then the evening I just kind of lay low unless, you know, I got some friends, uh, I'll hang out with occasionally, but. You just hang at my house, watch a couple episodes of Sopranos, and hit the sack. All right, so that's the, the the type of preparation or the daily routine that you're going to be going through on a pretty regular basis. How, you know, take us now before we close this up. I just I want to walk through this this past year's World Champs because I could sort of I could sort of input my view, you know, following it online and following your results, but. When, you know, you get into the tournament, you see that the Olympic champs on your side of the bracket, 
Um, and you know he's there, but you know you have to win against a bunch of solid wrestlers to get to him. What do you what do you see or what do you experience that's dramatically different, you know, match to match and leading into that semifinal match against uh, the Turkish dude? Um, every match, I just I knew I had to go out there focused and, and ready to go. Um, those were all guys I've never wrestled before, so I just had to be ready and, and and go out there and look to score early and often and, and be stingy defensively, um, which I felt like I did. I, I think that the semifinals match, I just didn't bring the same intensity. Uh, that's on me. I, I don't think it was a huge um, skill difference. He's a very skillful wrestler. I just I didn't have the same intensity. He just his intensity put me to shame. So um, that's on me, and that you know that's something I need to learn. And then I was able to to bounce back from that and kind of switch around and go, okay, well we're gonna leave here with something. We gotta be ready to wrestle this night tonight. So how much time is there usually between matches internationally? Yeah, it starts with around an hour, and then semi quarterfinals and. It gets down to about 20, 25 minutes. Jeez. All right, so my last big question here is what are you going to do, what are you going to change moving forward to get yourself to become a world champion or Olympic champion? Hmm. Um, keep it, uh, keep doing what I'm doing in terms of training, but I need to I need to get better technically, but also, like I mentioned, intensity and focus-wise. Um, my my focus endurance, uh, Coach Daddick spent a lot of time preaching that to us all camp and all summer, and it makes a big, it makes a lot of sense when you understand it, and that's it's kind of focusing for a long period of time, and a long period of time maybe maybe six minutes. Like there's no gaps in your in your focus. You you you're zeroed in. You're ready to go for all six minutes. You know, every second you know where you are, you know what you're doing, and you're, you're not having to think about it. Um, is, is, does he use any tools or any drills to try and implement that, that mental training? Um, no. I think, I don't even know how you would. I think you just kind of have to have it in mind and, and be, um, be there mentally you have to you know you can't be out there having your head somewhere else or you know you just got to be there and and it sounds stupid but just being there like being there your your mind is there not just your body your mind is there um your mind is assessing and analyzing and, and going um at almost a rate that you're not even thinking right um it just happens so i think trying to train that and um you know focus on executing clean hard techniques at a at a fast rate and not you know double thinking myself or those type of things so all right so let's wrap this up what do you have what do you have upcoming what do you have this next year that you're looking forward to nick and where can people find you on social media um tonight actually i leave for um I ran for the World Club Cups with Titan Mercury. Um, that that will definitely be a good event. Um, <coughs> excuse me. 
Um, I'm looking forward to that a lot. Last year we, we won it as a team, and, and I know there will be um, really good really good wrestlers and teams out there trying to beat us this year. Um, and we'll have to be prepared to, to wrestle hard and, and, and win. Um, and after that, I, I plan on wrestling at the um, Ivan Uregan tournament in Kresnyarsk, Russia. At the end of this, at the end of January, um, in between then, I have two training camps out in Colorado Springs, and I'll, I'll go home back up to New York for Christmas. So, so you got a pretty <clears throat> busy schedule ahead. Uregan uh, is like notoriously one of the yeah. toughest international tournaments. Yeah, that's that's loaded up with with probably three quarter Russians in every weight class, and and they're you know that's a big tournament for them. So, um. Last year I went 0 and 1. I I made a mistake for three seconds and I lost the match. So um, that type of thing kind of kind of motivates me to go back there and and uh, change that result. So all right, that's that's exciting. I'm just thinking about the Eureka and you you going out there and tearing it up and winning that title. That'd be huge. It would um, be a, it would be a lot of fun. I, I went out there last year and Snyder won. That's um, a big deal. It's it's a big tournament for them. So, all right. Well, very very few Americans have ever won it. So it's definitely an elite group. Yeah, for sure. Now, one more question is, how do you you know? I, and this could just be me being a big wrestling fan, but you know, I I think I read uh, Jaden Cox might end up wrestling Sadulayev at uh at the World Cup. That you know the in Iran, in Iran, how do you sit back and, and not want to watch like world championships this year, not want to see what Snyder was doing with the satellite and, and, and not be a fan when you've got matches like that going on? Um, I, that's something I've, I've learned early on, probably like early in college wrestling, um, was you're, you're here for a job. I shouldn't say a job, but you're here for a reason. Um, so, so I can't, I can't get caught up with watching those. They're all recorded. I can watch them later. Yeah, um, true. trust me. I'd love to sit there and watch them, but you know, I went back and I spent a, a couple of days watching all the matches from the world championships and that type of thing. So, um, you just can't get caught up in it too much. Right. Trust me. I, I, it's tough, but you just gotta, you know, you, you walk back through the room, you start cooling off and then you see your guy come back and you're like, oh, did he win or lose? So. Yeah, and that's got to be something special to be a part of, especially this last year. You know, you getting third at Worlds and and contributing to that world title, which is the first first time in what twenty some years, twenty two years. Yeah. So that's got to be something special. Yeah, no, it was. It was. Uh, it was a really, really special, special event for us and in, in our country too. All right, and where do you see? You know, where do you see the U.S. being in twenty twenty? Do you think that that's something that 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 we could use and roll forward into the Olympics in 2020. For sure, I think it's I think it's momentum. I think it's a bar set. Um, you know, we we had a good team this year, but I think our entire country is getting better. I think what we're doing as a country is working. So um, I think it'd be fun to watch our country progress and um, kind of push other countries because you know other countries are going to come come harder. Right. So that's. Um, that's exciting, and the exciting part is you you know that if if you want to win the world, if you want to leave with a medal, if you want to leave with a gold medal, you got to be damn good. 
because the other Absolutely. countries are, are good too. So. All right, Nick. Well, thanks for being on, and I I hope our listeners can that they enjoy this podcast, and uh, we wish you best of luck in Iran, and then we're going to be looking forward to those results in the Uregan. Sounds good. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Talk to you. At this time, we want to give a big thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Dane's Platform. Remember to look out for our next episode and check out our sponsors, Earth-Fed Muscle, The Acceleration Diet, and Holistic Encapsulations. Peace!